Glory, glory, Sacramento. Hello, and welcome to the 916 Republic Podcast. I'm your host, Nolan. Today, I'm joined in the studio by a very, very special guest. The man seated across the table from me at this moment possesses a staggering 100% past success rate at Papa Murphy's Park. Who might this man be? Lionel Messi? No. Even better. It is, in fact, our very own and very dearly loved show host, Scott. Scott, how does it feel to have a better passing metric than even Cameron Awasa? <laughs> um, well, I think technically to have a passing metric, you have to pass in the game. Well, I only kicked some balls back to the guys doing their warm-ups. Well, you know what? They were good passes, and they were and complete. They were, they were both with my left foot. Were they really? Yeah. Did you pass to Jordan McCrary? Was he one of them? It was the one of the trainer, like the equipment guy, yeah. and I think I just passed it near them, and then somebody picked it up. Okay. Are you serious? Yeah. We were yeah. down on the field during the we were on the, We didn't tell you that? No, you did not uh, tell yeah. me that. Nolan also had a chance to like Save. trap a, yeah. a, in a, a, a stray goal kick from Bobby Shuttleworth. Like yeah. He could have just kind of like opened up his <laughs> hips and like trapped it with his thigh, but instead he just like let it bounce past him, and I was like... Nolan, yeah, I, what are felt, you doing? It felt like a major missed opportunity. But and then some kid grabbed. In my me. head, you know how you like you plan things out in your head. I was like, oh man, I would have like Volume like taken out. a step back, <laughs> like just like kind of grabbed it with the instep of my right foot and just like swung it around my left leg and like flicked it. And then just like, anyway. walked off all nonchalant. Yeah, uh, dude, I'm pissed. I didn't know that. Yeah, was, I went because I peeked at Nolan's uh, notes <laughs> as I usually do because they make me laugh. Yeah. Uh, I read it and I just figured like you maybe after the game like passed the ball to Nolan. <laughs> oh you, no! Like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, a, a select for ball. You. The proud sponsor Sad for yeah. me. The USL Championship. Yeah. Good job. That's Scott. what happens when you get your wisdom teeth. That well, you couldn't have gone anyway. Yeah. But well, probably, speaking well, of wisdom teeth. Also, oh, that transition. Hey, <laughs> thank you, Scott. Also okay. joining me in the studio tonight, studio is a man who recently had his wisdom teeth taken out. That's me. Well. While Scott and I were both at the New Mexico play-in game, this man valiantly held down the fort for us at home. Zach, it is a pleasure sharing the studio space with you tonight. Thank you for making me laugh by taking over the 916 Republic Instagram page during the New Mexico game. You're welcome. Also, did they give you drugs for your surgery? And if so, tell me, what did it feel like? (laughs) Um, They did. They gave me hydrocodone, which is codeine mixed with Tylenol, which is some some serious stuff. Don't they call that lean in the Uh, hood? You can make lean. (laughs) You can make lean, Nolan. You can make, yes. Oh, my God. There's a a little label on it that says you can get it. Basically, you can get addicted to these, Um, (laughs) like warning you. Um, So they gave me that. They also, uh, they, so I wasn't sure if they're going to give me laughing gas or like completely knock me out. Yeah. Because I've heard both from people. They knocked me out, dude. I was like sitting there. They put this thing over my nose. Apparently, so that I can breathe better while I'm unconscious. And then um, they, he put an IV in and I was talking to him and all of a sudden, um, they're like shaking me going, Zach, wake up. And I was like, oh. what the, what just happened? And your teeth were gone. And my teeth were gone and my huh. mouth was filled with blood and gauze. And, oh. But I was not loopy at all. Like I came out of it like completely fine, oh. which was interesting. Brad, my, our, our good friend Brad picked me up and he was a little disappointed. Yeah. Cause he was going to grill me with questions. <laughs> and I was like, bruh, I'm here. I don't got anything so for you. Crazy acid trip. <laughs> it was not at all. Dang. But, uh, well, yeah, so they did give me hydrocodone, though. Good for you. <laughs> cool. Good for you. 
I'm glad. I got I'm glad. some. Do you want you want to take some together? Yeah, let's do it. We'll, we'll make some lead. Yeah, yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> just don't kid. do that, kids. No. Oh, wow. This is a family friendly yes, show. Is. Yeah. I, I just had to. I just made a Patreon actually. You well, did. Yeah. And one of the questions was, does your <laughs> does your whatever podcast podcast have like 18 and up content and i was like of course not (laughs) here we are talking about jokes on you patreon (laughs) hope you're not listening okay no the joke's on us because we have no idea how to make (laughs) well the joke is actually on the fans of fresno fc how about that dang um all we have down here on our show notes is r.i.p fresno (laughs) because if you've not been following twitter our twitter or um, on Reddit, the Sac Republic Reddit, uh, the uh, the foxes appear to, as of today, be dead. Yeah, um, they've scampered off back into the forest. There have been multiple <laughs> uh, multiple reports of just basically all, everything that we were hearing is true. Um, the city was not able to find a place for them to play. the um, The baseball stadium that they rent, the rent has gone up and they can't afford it there's an offer for them to go move to mon uh, monterey mm. and play at csu monterey's stadium it needs renovation which is funny um but basically from what we're hearing it fresno fc is is gone it's over it's done yep their uh their head coach in a post-game interview uh, after their loss in a very disgruntled fashion said, playoff loss Yes, they're playoff yeah. loss, yeah. To uh, El Paso, which we'll talk about in a second. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, said it would take a miracle. Take a miracle for soccer to stay in Fresno, which is sad. It is sad. Yeah. Uh, but moving on, uh, some happy news. Uh, Sarginio Dest, if you don't know who that is, um, 18-year-old USA uh, fullback. right back, fullback, mm-hmm. right back, plays for Ajax, um, mm-hmm. starts consistently for them at the right back position. Chose to stay with the nation of USA mm. over uh, his possibility to play in the Netherlands for their national team. Uh, yeah, just uh, got word that he is, you know, myself. He told me myself. We're, we're, uh, <laughs> we're, we're good buddies. He yeah. texted me first, said, hey, like just want to let you know first, Zach, because you're my, you're my boy. I'm staying with the U.S. Mm. Um, I was like, good on you. We're going to need you. Um, so, yeah. Oh. So Gino Dest staying with the USA. Nolan, I know you're so pumped about that. I'm super pumped. And Zach, I'd love for you to um, go ahead and text him back and say, for me, that okay. it's not going to make a bleeding difference. Because <laughs> the USA is always going to be bad at soccer. And uh, it doesn't matter anyway because it's international football. That is it. I'm off my podium. Moving on. No, Scott, wow. looks, Scott looks like he's going to like shoot me. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to take my, my jacket off because it's like rubbing. Hi. And I think you could hear uh, it. So I'm going to like take that off. So if you hear... Don't don't get too excited now. <laughs> okay, um, that that, that eighteen show. and over content. No, um, so there should be an apparent NWSL announcement coming soon. If you don't Yay. know what NWSL, it is the National Women's Soccer League. Uh-huh. I have a kind of a friend from high school that plays for the North Carolina Courage. She's the backup goalie. Just played. Her name's Caitlin Rowland. Well, she's the backup, so she. I don't think she played. She didn't actually play. She's um, on the bench for the championship. Yes, game. so. Um, Sacramento, Sunday. you should you should bring bring home Caitlin. She's yeah, from she's dude. from our hometown yeah, of Sacramento. Kristen cool. Press because she's fantastic. And Nolan's women crush Wednesday. Not that Nolan watches international women's soccer, but I actually have. I'm actually a big fan of the women's team, and I actually watched a lot of the you games. You know what you summer. are. You know what I just realized. Freaking it's not hypocrite! That you're, no, oh, no, no oh, sorry. he's not just a hypocrite. He is a bandwagoner. Okay, he's a bandwagon, bandwagon sexist I hypocrite. Hate international. 
soccer so much. You yeah, misogynist watch, pig. He watches the women's. You know why? Because the women's are good. Well, okay, no, you're a fair weather no, fan. I'm no. calling you out right now. There's actually a relevant difference in that there, <laughs> the uh, level of play at the women's club level is so much lower than at the international women's level. Maybe. It's totally different. I, I don't know about that. And it will. It's growing. So at some point. I think globally, it, yes. But the level for the NWSL is pretty high. Uh, I don't know what the stadium, what the attendance record is. For well, like what does that have to do with the level of play, though? Like in terms of like the hype and importance of the team. Oh. So you're more concerned with how important the team is. Do- perce- like okay, fine. Every, every week. We just go into Nolan's. Anyway. We'll so, do it in the offseason. Table that. So the, the reason that we're bringing this up is, one, because it's been reported a, a few times over the past couple of weeks even at the mls announcement uh the owners matt, matt alvarez was asked hey what about nwsl are you going to announce an nwsl team soon and he said we'll see um so it appears to be coming and the reports were saying the reports are saying that the team is going to start play in 2020 okay well that's next year their season starts i believe in april huh. and you have a yeah. You know, you have off season, you know, you report probably in February. Okay, we'll do the math. That's in what, like three months? Yeah, the time is now. So, right now. They have to announce, if that's true, if these reports are true, they have to announce a team. I'm going to say within the next few weeks. Like, what I expect is like the week after Sacramento's out of the playoffs, mm-hmm. like the next week or maybe two weeks after, they're going to announce a team. You think they'll be an affiliate of the Republic or just their own entity? entirely i think i think it would we'll see. be smart to be an affiliate of the i league. don't well yeah it's the same ownership they're going to play in the same stadium like okay. it's going to be affiliated that way yeah they're not going to be called the sacramento republic ladies okay. or sacramento republic women they're from what i can tell they're going to be called the california storm or the sacramento storm that's a historic women's team okay. in california really um, but Sacramento specifically, the California or Sacramento Storm, I can't remember what they're called right now, are an amateur women's team that have some pretty high-level former pros or f- former high, high-level high college players on it and some quite famous um, former USA women players were just announced, I believe yesterday, that they are now on the California Storm board of directors, mm. board of governors type of deal. I think in anticipation of a move to NWSL. So um, I think they're going to be called the California storm, but they're going to be owned by the same owners. Okay. Um, and we'll be super excited to Exciting. Yeah. Yeah, talk about them. I have, I have one thing. Uh, this isn't in the show notes, but just real quick, because we talked about it the previous episode, um, the speculation over the U S women's national team head coach. Yeah. I didn't put that in there. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. All good. So Vlatko Andonovsky, who we talked about in the previous episode, uh, was confirmed by the U.S. Women's National Team Federation as the new head coach. So he's replacing Joe Ellis, and that's cool. So Rain FC up in Seattle, Tacoma area will be looking for a new coach, and the U.S. women will not. Not anymore. Nope. So that's cool. Moving on. Um, yes, moving on to the USL Players Association press press release, which was released today, which is Tuesday, October 29th. I'm not going to read it um, because we were, were already um, too far into what we normally do for the news, but yeah. it basically is, is kind of launching their social media movement with the hashtag, um, 
not me too. Uh, no, it's not me too. It's it's one one team or something, yeah, something like, that. like that. I we should have, yeah. Um let me let me pull it up on my Twitter. It's yeah, really cuz I, I retweeted it and yeah. I like I hashtagged it and everything on the yeah. on our 916 Republic. They, they're posting um It's one voice. One voice. All caps, right. well, no spaces hashtag one voice. And they're the next you know 36 weeks they're going to be posting a picture of each team with that hashtag you know the players holding that hashtag i think this is super important coming off of the reports that were that we heard out of hartford which i think we talked about yeah, last week yeah, right on sunday and their coach they fired their coach um i don't know if the two the player treatment and the coach firing are related but they they could be i, I don't know we you and me talked about it on sunday i don't think we talked about it on the podcast oh okay so i don't even know what you're talking about. okay good so thank you I, there's so many things yeah there's a lot of news things um so basically there was a report um by uh, it's a web website called sock takes pretty well known for kind of lower league soccer stuff and just very good reporting soccer stuff in general um that Things like player meals, um, per diem for travel, um, equipment, medical suggestions were all corners that were being cut. So a player that needed an MRI, the team would be like, hey, how about you don't get the MRI, just take some rest. You know, we'll see how you feel next week. At Hartford. At Hartford. Hmm. Um, They started with almost every team in this league. You're provided um, breakfast and lunch. So breakfast before training, lunch after training. So you may only make 20 grand, but if you're a majority of your meals are covered, you know, you can, you can live. Right. Um, well it kind of started out that lunch afterward wasn't provided. And then toward the end of the season, it was like not even breakfast is being provided. Um, living situations, a lot of teams will cover your living. So again, you might only be making 20 grand, but if your living is covered, a lot of your food is covered, all your travel is covered, all your medical expenses are paid, blah, blah, you know, all these things down the line, you can afford to live. Well, if now all those things aren't being covered, then 20 grand is near impossible to live, especially if you're considering that these teams play in metropolitan areas where prices can sometimes be higher. Um, At least that's how it is in California. So the news came out that all these things were happening um, and they even had some players that were still on like $0 contracts, which is basically, you can do that. Um, it, it, I guess that's a thing that like every team has, like Sacramento has those. They're just called Academy players. They're on zero. They're amateur players. They can't get paid to preserve NCAA eligibility. Right. Um, so like I saw some people like, Oh, it's still zero to call you know, zero dollar contracts. Like, well, actually five of Sacramento's players are zero dollar contracts. You, they're just underage. So nobody cares. Um, but I guess that was a thing that was still heavily being used Mm -hmm. and um, incentive-based contracts were being used. So you might be paid $100 per game, but then there's the incentive Well, It's $1,000 if you start or something like that. Mm -hmm. I'm just kind of speculating there, but there was big... Kind of shady. Yeah, just shady uh, stuff. Yeah, cutting corners. Yeah, not good stuff. And then um, I believe his name is Jimmy Nielsen. Their head coach was fired. So I don't know if those two are related just another news thing to kind of throw out there. Elliot Horde was there. Elliot Horde was there, and he very promptly today uh, tweeted hashtag one voice. So ah. it would be interesting to see if we could get an interview with him about that. in the offseason. If he comes back, I doubt he would be willing to talk about it. But, you know, maybe he would. I don't know. Yes. We could do some groundbreaking reporting. Yeah. 
Cool. Yes, we can. But speaking of groundbreaking, um, we posted on um, Reddit about the potential second half of the season MVP. Um, I'll just pull that up as I kind of explain it. Um, all I basically said was, who's your second half of the season MVP? And I listed some stats. So Thomas had a Voltsin, 11 goals, 4 assists in the second half of the season. Awasa, 6 goals, 3 assists. Werner, 2 goals, 2 assists. Barahona, 3 assists. Uh, and I was including playoff games. Aliman, 1 goal, 4 assists. Gundrick, 2 assists. Tainer, in my opinion, the best defender. Or maybe is it Bobby Shuttleworth? What are your thoughts? Pretty much universal. Everybody, there's a lot of people that said Enavoltsen, you know, without a doubt, 100% Enavoltsen. Um, there are some honorable mentions for McCrary. Um, you know, Sam Werner as well had some honorable mentions. Um, Aliman also. Somebody said Mahoney. Mm-hmm. Um, I quickly shot that down. No, you're so mean. I <laughs> like Mahoney. I do too. Just the past, I was I was kind of going back and watching some highlights of the teams who score against us. And Mahoney's made some mistakes. Mahoney yeah. is a liability. I even talked about That's this with a, a guy from um, the Philly area that um, is kind of the main host of the USL show, which is a, the podcast that covers the whole like USL championship. Mm. And he was talking about how the Bethlehem Steel, um, which is the team that he covers, which is the, the two team for the Philadelphia Union, they let go like a bunch of people and then they all signed in USL. And like he, li- he listed like six people that made the playoffs. Um, both here and the Canadian Premier League. Um, and he listed Mahoney and Skundrick, and I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, Mahoney may be on a team that made the playoffs, but he's done little really to contribute what? to them making the playoffs. Nolan, do you mean... We'll, I, trust me, Nolan, we'll get into this later in the show. Okay. Don't worry. Um, if I had enough time to go and rewatch every game that he's played this season, we should do that. You should go... Yeah. It's not a lot. So, like, I'm, like... He's played... He was... Okay, yeah. He's maybe 10. I need to look up the stats. Go for it. Okay. It'll show you how many appearances he has. Okay. Um, But basically, everybody resoundedly said Anna Voltsen. Yeah. Can we disagree with that? No. No. That... No. 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 But thank you, everyone, for responding. For trying. If everyone, <laughs> if everyone said Awasa, I would understand it. I think those two... Um, mm-hmm. But... Yeah, no, I, I, I'm the only thing fully with... happy with uh, Anna Volson as an MVP. Second half of the season MVP, half, yeah. yeah. For sure. Absolutely. Yes. Um, I'm still looking at the stats. And Go Cam, for it. And, you know, to, be fair, to be fair, Cam was a little banged up in the second half. Yeah, so. he, yeah he was. Yeah. In and out with was. injury. Anna Volson, for sure. I, I, I'm here for it. Yep. This is going to be a minute, guys. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe just move on and I can jump I, in. Aren't you, aren't you the one moving us on, Nolan? Am I? Yeah, oh. I believe you are. Norm. Thank you. Uh, so, <laughs> speaking of Matt Mahoney, New Mexico. Um, New Mexico. Well, you're not just, speaking of Matt Mahoney because he didn't play. All right, he's okay. I'm just, I'm, next episode. I'll, I'll look it up. Okay. Um, so, real quick. On Wednesday last week, October, whatever that day was, 22nd or something, um, Sacramento played New Mexico United in the play-in round of the USL Championship playoff format. They won 2-1. to one. Um, not we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on this game. I just have a few quick observations. Um, the first is that Kevin Aliman scored his first goal of the season um, after being quite an assist machine throughout yeah. the regular season, but not really putting in one in the second half. Yeah, yeah, in the second half of the season, not putting a whole lot in the back of the net. He also hit the crossbar in the second half. 
Um, so it was really a, a great showing from him. Him. Um, my second observation is that there's a reason uh, Thomas Enavolson was voted the most valuable player of the last half of the season, and there's a reason that he's played in the World Cup. Um, it's because he's freaking amazing, and he scored a wonderful goal um, against New Mexico in the 80th third minute or something like that um, to put Sacramento ahead 2-1. Um, to one. Um, And so, yeah, shout-out to also Sam Warner, who, who put the cross in and, and provided the assist, but it was a wonderful goal. Fun fact about Sam Warner. He's third most in the league in crosses. Really? How did you know that? 137 crosses attempted. How did you know that? Because I saw it on the pre-match report put out by the league. Oh, okay. Okay. Like it's in the, but the think about or he, the Western Conference? No, no, no. The the league. Okay, okay. But like, think about it. He's not even like starter. the starter. No. And he has 130. Like he started at times, but like he he gets he gets the ball in there. He does. Oh yeah, Thank he, you, he he does not shoot his shot. He crosses his cross. <laughs> he sure does. He does it so consistently. Yeah. It's always not maybe not always, but it is. It's the most consistent. Like, just uh, what's the word? Just like sound, uh, uh, fundamental, fundamentally. Yeah. So He's so fundamentally sound in those crosses is a great example. So I I retweeted something on uh, on Twitter that like mirrored the. The cross and finish from Werner to Anna Voldsen to um, a David Beckham to Zidane Zidane cross and finish they for Real Madrid. Yeah, oh. Real Madrid. Yeah. Um, and it was like a mere, like the finish was different because it was a different angle. And then Zidane's just an amazing finisher because yeah. he's Zidane Zidane. But um, it was like like the cross itself was like the same. Left side of the field driving forward. Yeah. The kid has got serious talent. And so, like, like the comment was like, like, I can't remember, but it was basically like, Warner's amazing. Okay. Like, yeah. And this this might be a little off track, um, but I put something in the news segment of today's show, and then I took it out, but I just want to bring it up real fast. There's an article that was published on MLSsoccer.com um, of an interview with Sacramento General Manager Todd Dunavant, and Dunavant was just pretty much telling MLS Soccer that the past two years of player acquirement of um, – action in of acquiring players has been with mls in mind and so he was saying like yeah. a lot of these players that we're bringing in we at least are hoping can make the jump up to mls and, and play for us at that level yeah we've said that we've before, said this before that, that's what, i mean i think that's why nolan took it out was like yeah. that's not really news for anyone that listens to this podcast because yeah. we've said that multiple times like yeah. Yeah. you can go back and we've gone from super experienced players to now players that have a lot of time with major league soccer two teams mm. and younger players yeah so I mean, with the exception of Deco Keenan and Anna Voltson, those are, and I guess if you want to say Bobby Shuttleworth, mm-hmm. those are really the only three super experienced players. Everybody else is fairly young. Yeah. Yep. So, so that, that reminded me of that. Um, my third observation from the game against New Mexico was that Kevon Frader did not start the game. So either, I don't know what the tactical insight might have been behind that. It, if he were healthy, I'm assuming he was hurt. Um, wasn't fully fit. I think so. I... Uh... He's been cold for a long yeah. time. He hasn't scored in a, a while. Yeah. And Chris Weehan had been scoring, and I think that's why you played. And Chris Weehan is a really good player. Yeah, yeah, I mean, sure. you remember him with Reno. Was it last year? Two, the past yeah. two years? I think three so, years? Yeah. He's been great. So, and if you're able to tell Kevon Frader, hey, um, you only have to you know, run your butt off for 30 minutes, yeah. or this is a playoff game, it could go into extra time. Extra time. 
I'll bring you in the 60th minute. You could play 30 to 60 minutes. Yeah. And the game was drawn when he came on in yeah. the 60th minute. Mm, was it? Yes, it was. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. So anyway, I but I noticed that he didn't start. And then when he did get on the field, he practically disappeared. There was really. He had a couple drives yeah. and that was like literally like taking the ball, dribbling past people. And he looked dangerous doing that. Yeah. But it didn't, didn't really come happen. to anything. Yeah. And we saw him warming up and I just like, I was down on like eye level with him and i was like oh my gosh this is man is a monster like i would he he's he, he looks like a beast he he just he i don't know how to describe it he, he looks like he could play running back in the nfl yeah but he'd, he'd almost be too tall yeah like most running backs are like six foot or shorter he's yeah, probably like, like six two six, six one and a half something like that like he just is a he, he's a on <laughs> he's a monster and he also like during his warm-up, do you remember this, Nolan? Yeah, During his stretch. warm-up, he was like, yeah. quote-unquote, stretching. <laughs> but he just, like, had his hands on his knees and were just kind of, like, Twerking. rotating his hips. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, yeah, I'm stretching. <laughs> <laughs> and he was doing it, like, right in front of the press table. Yeah. Because it's not, it's not a box. It's, like, a press table. Yeah. And Nolan and I just, like, looked over and we're just like, what is happening? <laughs> and then Kevon Frader like turned his head back to the crowd yeah. and was like, "Yeah," <laughs> like he had a little smile Looking on his face. His and, and then he got told like that he was warming up in an area that he wasn't supposed to warm up yeah. in. So then he he moved and like actually started warming up. Yeah. Um, but we were like, "What are what you the doing?" But like, think about that. Like, if you're a player that's not super confident, you're not. I mean, you're not going to do that. Like, no, no you're not. No, you're not. So he knows what he's doing. I think that added to like, oh crap, Kevon Frader's coming on. Yeah. And then he really didn't do anything. So yeah. he's just in a bad run of form. Yeah. Sad to see, but great from a biased perspective being a Sacramento fan. Um, and then also my last observation was just that um, this was the first time I've seen Anna Bolson play live. And like I've seen him on TV, but I've not been at a game where he was playing. And yeah. Just the way in which he commands that Sacramento attack um, is really just something to see. And you can see the experience and, the insight that he brings to Sacramento and um yeah that was just yeah and and so I was listening to the three honest lads podcast today which is um sorry it was one of the hosts of the three honest lads podcast which is done by two guys that um call matches for the USL um so I was listening to the USL show with one of those hosts on I can't remember which one and I don't know their names anyway but he was basically saying that like Thomas and Volton didn't fit the system in Indianapolis. Okay, cool. Like we talked about that before. We've heard that before. But what he said was he too often deviates from the offensive plan and like does his own thing. And he needs to be in a system where he's given that freedom. And this guy was saying like, he doesn't think Sacramento is that system. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're like Sacramento is like not good enough to let Thomas and Volton do his own thing and still be productive. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, first of all, you've not been watching the Sacramento games because Thomas Edna is the one that directs offensively and defensively. Mm-hmm. Like is the, like we talk about like point, like he is the quarterback, like, yeah, quarterbacks. Or we talk about like, like point yeah. guards for, for, yeah, you know, yeah, like, Oh, yeah. he's a floor general. Like he yeah. directs like, dude, that's Thomas Edna like hands down. He's, he's like Tom Brady. Like you see his hands are constantly moving he's constantly talking like he is he has directed the offense Mm -hmm. and the defense like he's he has set the team up to be successful which 
then I think is his strength because then he knows like, okay, now I can drift out here because I've set everyone else to do this. Like I know where everyone is. Like, like you can just tell like mentally he's at that next level. Mm -hmm. So personally, this guy was not paying attention, Yeah. but like speaking, like, um, just, just talking about like the first time you see Anna Volton, like I remember Nolan during the game being like, wow, like I, I really see it. Like he really is he, he's not just like an experienced player that's like tactical and like tricky. Like, no, like, he really is good. Mm. Like, I re- that's what I remember your comment being. Yeah, he's, he's a real he is guy. that pitch general. Yeah, and not to draw that out the point any longer, but um, people like we're all sitting around saying, "Oh, wow, Thomas Sandoval's has really like pulled this team through and um, changed the narrative of Sacramento's season." Um, but. I think it's also fair to, to look at it the other way and say, well, Sacramento's given him the opportunity to really yeah. blow up this last half of the season because he was n- it was not happening for him in Indianapolis. Like, no, nope, just wasn't going well for him. I think he only had like four or five goals. Yeah, and um, to be fair to Indianapolis, like they got rid of him and they're playing great. Like they're in the same spot in the East as Sacramento is in the West, just yeah. a higher seed. <laughs> so they actually get to host games. Yeah, but yeah, um, a lot of times that's just what happened. It happened with us with. Uh, Tyler Blackwood. Yeah, Tyler. I was going to say Wilson Neshaw. <laughs> Dude, I nah, saw nah. him. I, uh, he followed us on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like yesterday. Oh, so he's retired. I, it, he's in my mind. but He's like a model. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tyler Blackwood is too, though. He said, you know, he like posted like, be back soon. Like, he had a picture of him playing. He's like, be back soon, like with eye emojis or something like that. Okay. Um, sure you will. Okay. I don't know. Zach, we'll see. I think you had something to say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And to kind of like close out our, our stuff on New Mexico it was a come from behind victory um, mm. after a very bad uh, mistake in about five minutes into the game. We come back and we win this game, uh, come from, beh- from behind, win this game. Something that I've said throughout the season is we suck at coming from behind yeah. and, and winning games. And it was really encouraging to see that on Wednesday. And in the pro- post-match interview, so – Real quick, Nolan and I actually had press passes. This was the first game that we were actually able to get press passes. <laughs> Z- Thank you. To Zach the was uh, preoccupied with his mouth I bleeding. A, I was in a, just a haze. Um, a- but we recorded the post-match press we press did. interview, which we will try to put on here. So yeah. if you hear it in like 30 seconds, hey, we got it on there. If not, sorry. Um, but the question that was asked to Simon Elliott was, hey, you're, you came back from an early goal can you talk about the resiliency of the team? Mm. I probably actually worded it better than the, <laughs> the question that was asked, but um, Simon Elliott said like, yeah, well, we've only come back from behind. Um, I think he's, I think twice he said in the season, like uh, against RGV. RGV. And then I can't remember, maybe it was only once. Yeah. Um, so he was like, you know, it's, I'd rather not. He's like, that was like the, his, <laughs> the yeah. main thing. That, he's like, I'd rather not come back from, I'm trying to do his New Zealand. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd rather not come back from down, but if you have to do it in the playoffs, you know, that's, that's okay. Like, like like if we do it in the playoffs, like I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because in Reno, Mm -hmm. we come back from being down. Um, so let's just do this. If, if we can get the post-match audio from our, our phones to the podcast, we'll do that. And you will hear that now. Typical playoff game in the, in the second half. Both teams probing a little bit, and some 
some technical adjustments and you know, a bit of a, um, you know, some time wasting from, from everybody and you know, you know just typical playoff stuff. I mean, nothing out of the ordinary. Um, but we, you know, we found a way to navigate it and you know, a hell of a goal to, to put us through the next round. Yeah. Um, obviously the goal was great, but I thought Alaman played his tail off tonight. Can you give me your thoughts on his play? Yeah, I mean, I'm really proud of him. I think, you know, uh, and I hope he would agree, like, uh, since he's come, he's just gotten better and better and better. And, it, you know, he's, he's had to work very hard to, to get his minutes. And once he did that, uh, he really sort of held on tight and didn't let go. And I think he's just improved as the season's gone on. And um, I'm delighted for him. I, I, I hope there's a lot more season left if he keeps playing like this. Hey, Coach, I heard it said, like, hey, if you get scored on in the first minute, um, at least you don't have to change up your game plan. Um, is that true, or uh, can you talk uh, about coming back after a uh, well, flat-footed start? I mean, we'd rather not, right? <laughs> if we had the choice, we'd rather not. But, I mean, you do have time. Mm-hmm. You know, you do have time. So I think, you know, part of the misses will just kind of keep calm and carry on. Mm-hmm. But what we were trying to do was work them. You know, the guys responded really well because, we, you know, we, it's... I think against RGV and then tonight we've come from a goal down. So it hasn't happened all the time, but it's happening now and when it matters. Um, so they showed good resiliency and good composure and they kept trying to do the things we were asking and, and eventually we got our reward. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, so like I said, I'd rather we didn't concede at all, but you know, that's every coach, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're going to concede, I guess it's would rather that it was early than, than late, unless you have some time to, to keep on tracking. Yeah. Um, when you're keeping on track and you don't have time to really celebrate a win in the playoffs, you got to like snap back into it and get right back in. What do you think about going into Reno at home when people are, uh, that's a really uh, tough place to play at for a lot of teams? Is that, uh, what do you guys think about going into that game? I mean, I think what you'll find with the USL is they're all tough places to play. It's like, the, it's, it's a horrible cliche, but it's just they're all, they're all difficult places to go. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, when when you, you can you can solve the problem of the quick turnaround by by taking care of things in the in the regular season, mm-hmm. um, we didn't. So we had the game on Wednesday night, and so we have you know we have to solve that. I'm sure there'll be other stuff we've got to solve on uh, on Saturday. But it should should give us some uh, should give us that, that sense of resiliency that we need right? that we can solve problems on the fly in real time. That's what it takes in the playoff games. Mm-hmm. Simon, the last question for me. Um, the resiliency, you just talked about that, and I don't know if we saw that really throughout the season. Was that surprised you a little bit tonight that they were? No, it, it doesn't surprise me that we saw it, but I, I also I agree with with what you're saying is we haven't always seen it, but you know it, it needs to come out, um, and I'd rather that we saw it now in the playoffs. Sure. Again, if you know, I'd, I'd rather not have to choose. You know, you want to see it all the time, but you know, progress isn't always linear. Um, so, you know, if we have to, if we have to make the choice, I'd rather see it now uh, at the business end of the season than, uh, than earlier on in the year. But it, but it absolutely needs to be there because uh, we, know, we know a tough team. Great, right, fellas. Thank, Thank you, you so much, guys. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot. Hopefully you were able to hear that. <laughs> if you were unable to hear that, we apologize. Moving on to Reno now. Are, are we recording? Yeah, we're still recording. Okay. Yeah, we're recording. <laughs> Come on, you silly sorry, goose. Sorry, I just want to make sure. Uh, Reno. Now, I, I, I have to, you no, know, I expect, I expected us to beat New Mexico. Um, you know, I'm, a, I'm just going to take this one to the chin, boys. 
I did not expect us to be Reno. What? I'm just going to be a man. I'm a Wh- man up. Zach. I'm a man up. Why? Take to the chin. How could you ever doubt? <laughs> I did, How could you ever I doubt? I did not. And I, I, while the game was live, was checking in and out, in and out. I, I was in a meeting. Um, still checking it, but you know you know how we do it here at 916 mm. Public. We got our priorities. Um, and so then I was able, but it, it, during live, I was just like, this is not happening. And then um, after the game, that night, I went back and, and I watched the game. We beat them 3-1. Mm. Um, I think probably the first thing I would like to say is shout out to the Tower Bridge Battalion. Uh, this this genuinely sounded like a home game because of them. Watching this game, like hearing them chant the entire time, uh, and, and even off of you know just plays that happened, like th- it felt like a home game. Yeah. Like, so and, shout out to them. And really, that was probably only like maybe seventy five of them because I know they had a bus. So let's say that there's you know thirty to fifty in the bus, and then there's maybe another car or two that drive up like. It's not like there was a lot of Tower Bridge Battalion people there. And on a, on a side note, did you guys hear about the the Reno 1868 fan group that was banned? No. No. Okay, so I did I'll explain this really quickly. The, like, original fan group, I can't I don't know how to pronounce their name. It's, I think it's, like, Los Unicos. I, I don't know. Um, I, I should have looked it up before, but they were kind of, like, the original fan group that out of them kind of was born um the 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 battleborn brigade i think is what it's called which is like now the bigger the main supporter section for reno okay the club basically said hey we need to give you guys one section you guys can't have separate sections we need we need to combine you guys <laughs> and then the battleborn brigade said no, we don't want to combine with them. So then the team said to Los, I think Unicos, the old ones, the old, the kind of the original old ones. Hey, we can't allow you into the game. What? So the Tower Bridge Battalion let them cheer in their section. There's maybe like ten of them. <laughs> ten, eighteen sixty-eight supporters were cheering in the TBB because Reno wouldn't let them in. Wow. Yeah. Dang. Which, dedicated d- fans if you if you even saw the highlights people. you could tell there were not that many people there no no there was dear not. lord that's concerning yeah. like you had two weeks two weeks to, to prepare to yeah to market to sell tickets to a playoff game to, for a two seed like you had a good season yeah. it was a little up and down but you had a good season and you couldn't get yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna try to look up I mean, they filled the match, the, like the attendance. The Papa Murphy. So the Sacramento play in game wasn't full. They had 9,000 people. Yeah. There, there were still tons of people out of the game on a Wednesday night. Yeah. Like four days after it was confirmed that it would be at home. So I even had, so there was 3,275 people there. At Reno? Reno. Dang. Well, and something to be off with those stats because. That's the ticket sold. Yeah. I was reading a story on about Fresno. In their playoff game, and they said that they sold like five thousand seven hundred tickets, or like they recorded five thousand seven hundred fans in attendance, but only thirty two hundred bought tickets, or something like that. Like I don't know how. I don't know how that so works. Somehow, <laughs> somehow their numbers were lower than what they reported. Okay. By like two by like half. The, so it's what Sacramento does. They re, they report tickets sold, right. not gate attendance, not butts and seats. Yeah. Yeah. So like, because somebody somebody was saying. Oh, Sacramento, they were talking about the playing around and they were like, oh, wow, watching the Sacramento game. Like, there's not a lot of people there, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So I went through 
the other three Wednesday playing games, Sacramento had more tickets sold than their tickets sold combined. Okay. Wow. Like it was like 2,500, 3,000, like 3,200 or something like that. Like, and then we had 9,900. So like, not that concerned. Number one, but like, am concerned for Reno because there were, there weren't 3000 people there. Like tower bridge battalion people on Reddit, on Twitter, I'm pretty sure on Instagram, on Facebook, like everyone was saying like, dude, like this was not a good game day atmosphere. Like there just, there was no one there. So wow. Yeah, well, shout out to TB, TBB for sure. It, yeah, yeah, for sure. And like the the club for helping people get there. Like yeah. I know that they, I think they organized the bus and and everything. Super like cool. they organized the the supporter section um, tickets. And then shout out to the TBB again for like allowing a rival. Yeah. Dis officially kind of not allowed supporters group in their section because Reno's stupid. And no, Basically, yeah. yeah. Uh, it sounds really harsh, but like I, I just don't understand. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. I don't understand. So, uh, well, moving. Sorry, on. I kind of hijacked your. No, it's cool. It's cool. It was very interesting. I did not know that. Um, yeah. But kind of to to pivot and and, and return <coughs> back to the game. Uh, great defensive effort. Uh, I thought uh, a great response by the back line after that mistake early. We had a mistake in the first minute. Uh, McCrary. And it seemed McCrary and Shuttleworth just not on the same page. A ball goes back. They're able to put it to slot a goal within, within like. It was five minutes. It was the fifth minute. Okay. Oh, okay. The first oh, minute I'm, was I'm, New Mexico. Yeah. And and we said this on the last episode, again, specifically for Reno, that the center backs were going to be pressured. It wasn't a center back. It was a fullback that made a back pass, but. The pressure was there. The, the pressure from the forwards were there, which caused the poor back pass. I think it's both McCrary and Shuttleworth had some blame. Shuttleworth shouldn't have been so far back toward his goal. Miscommunication. And McCrary should have picked his head up and passed the ball a little bit harder. Yeah. So, but uh, I think it's blame for both. Great response, though. From that point on, shut down. Yeah. Shut down defense, um, and especially McCrary. I thought McCrary had a fantastic game. His energy, his effort really paced the whole team. Well, it was inspiring. It has been that way all season, but... Yeah, and definitely highlighted in this game. And I think especially remembering how badly the left back Duke Lacroix destroyed us mm. the last time we played in Reno. Do you remember uh-huh, that? Uh huh. Uh-huh. He, he being McCrary, played very well mm. against a difficult opposition. Yep, he did. Um, I have I have the next point here, um, which we've already kind of talked about, so I'm just going to briefly say it and then move on. Cameron Owasa and Thomas Enavolson are. We love you. We love you guys. We love you guys. Cameron we appreciate Wasa. your work. And Wilson, you are just On the fire. epitome of a professional. Oh, and Cameron Owasa, you are Sacramento's sweetheart. And yes. You never leave. Um, no, don't That was that. So, Sacramento's favorite son. I love <laughs> you, Cameron Owasa. And then, so that's that. And then, America's uh, sweet. He really Sacramento's is. sweetheart. He, his smile and like his attitude. I know. He's he, just such he a... He is the guy. He is the guy seem, in Sacramento. If he, he is not seem, Sacramento's first signing... And for MLS, I'd riots in the street. Yeah. I, I don't know what this team. All right, we need be. to stop. We need to stop doing this. We We're have done. such a long podcast yeah. today. Um, yeah. So I my question is, we got a lot more to talk about. So do. my question is, did BJ have a good have a good game? Yes or no? Did BJ? Are Are you really asking that question? Or? Yeah, he came on for Warner. I kind of want to hear what you guys have to say before um, I talk. I think he's less of a defensive liability, and he still doesn't produce an attack. I um, put it in my notes. I liked. 
the uh, the switch, the replacing of both um, Warner for Bijev and Formella for Aliman. Um, I think Iwasa and Anna Volson are the, those are your main guys, okay? And and we we are lucky to have Warner in a position where he can support really well um, and produce himself. But uh, I liked I liked the the substitutions, and I thought Bijev had a pretty decent game. In my, in my opinion, this was the first game this season, I think, where personally, I actually thought to myself, wow, Bijev is actually having a good game. He is not, to what I can tell, a defensive liability anymore. He is hustling, I think, just just like that 15% more to get back into position mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that makes it so that he doesn't have to cause somebody else to come out of position. Oh. That's number one. Number two, his tackling I think has been uh, improved in its results. Not, not that he maybe is all of a sudden a better tackler, but he, I think because he's been hustling, he's been able to make better tackles. Mm. Offensively, the thing for Bijev that's been annoying has been he doesn't have a great first touch. It's okay, but it was his first touch in this game that led to the second goal by Awasa. And to be fair, he's shown flashes. In, yeah, in year, in the year and years past. But I, I actually thought like, okay, he can do something that is going to help the team rather than haplessly dribbling and losing the ball mm-hmm. um i actually was impressed by bijev and, and formella made the run that received the chipped pass which sacramento loved sacramento whether it's awasa or anna Voltsen, love a chipped pass on a run that's going behind the back line within the 18 yard box oh yeah they've done it at least like six times these past two games mm-hmm. formella takes receives that ball and instead of shooting which he was lined up to do he just leaves it for Anna Voltsen to clean up so if Formella tries to take that shot he he's he's in a less of an advantageous situation than Anna Voltsen so I have to give my hats off to Formella for really kind of being the one to create that third goal because he had to receive the he had to make the run to receive the chip to then kind of lay it off to Anna Bolton. So I think all four of these wingers, Werner and Aliman were the starters, and then Bijev and Formella were the substitutes. They all played great. Yeah, agreed. Which is something that I don't think we have said at, at any point nah. this season that all four of our wingers were good. We were yeah. it's flipped because in the in the regular season we were just hoping to get two that would play decent true now it feels like we have four i love aliman love warner i've I, and i haven't not liked formella yeah. and he's been fine he's been fine and and to be fair he came in halfway he scored two so. he's single-handedly and, brought and yeah. true, six true. points yeah, absolutely regular season yeah. yeah i think given the circumstances i've i've liked formella a lot yep um, um scott i think we've talked about yeah Volson. yeah we don't need to talk uh, about anna Volson. we had another note on amazing, him awesome he's job. great you want to talk a little bit about kind of like the tactful side of, of this yeah, game? Yeah, just really quick. Like, 
ta- tactics. Um, possession stats can sometimes be misleading, and this is kind of one of those. R- Reno had their chances. Um, they had definitely had more of the ball. New Mexico also had more of the ball. Um, but because of how the game went, I think Sacramento was able to, because they were able to weather those half chances there was you know maybe one or two chances that reno had we're not going to spend a ton of time going into detail on those but um sacramento was it it feels like defensively know now that they can it's okay for them to (laughs) to (laughs) let that goal in um because they know they have some game winners Mm. and wingers and forwards and stuff like that so they seem to be playing differently. Um, more confidently. More confidently. I, I think it's more so just for some reason, this ha- this happens in postseasons where there's just little tweaks that are made or sometimes big tweaks. And I think the, the tweak that has been made this season or the, this postseason um, – isn't anything super big it's just something as small as getting some consistency with lineups being um center backs the fullbacks have been consistent midfielders have been consistent and now um with having defensively sound wingers i i just think our our defense is finally flowing um they all know what their job kind of descriptions are and i think they have been a bit more willing to sit back and not press. I, I think for me, that's that's been the thing that I've noticed is like, wow, we we're okay not having the ball, and we are still finding ways to um shut down creative opportunities for other teams and get the ball back mm. and capitalize on those chances with the ball in transition. So for me, that's what I've seen. Dare I say maybe some mental toughness. Yeah. We are starting to develop. Yeah. We've kind of touched on that a little bit. So, um, now we get a full week of rest, uh, after this three, one victory against Reno that I totally thought we would get, you know, never second guess, never doubted, never doubted ever. Um, we get a full week of rest before we go on to play El Paso, who, just upset Fresno. The locomotives. Um, the locomotives. <laughs> they are the locomotives. That is so freaking lame. <laughs> and if you go and get beat by the locomotives, I don't know what to say. Um, but real quick, let me just give you like 30 seconds briefing on, on El Paso. If you go back three episodes ago, we did a preview of, on them. We've talked about them previously on the show. So here you go. They just upset Fresno in the uh, second round of the USL playoff. Which we're really sad about. Because we wanted to be able to go to Fresno, yeah, for the playoff game. So screw you, El Paso. And then, and and they like kicked a dead horse because Fresno was no longer a club really at that point. Um, uh, they finished in sixth above Sacramento in the 2019 USL season. They uh, have a former Quail on their team named James Kiffy. Actually, multiple. Multiple, because they also have Christian Cheney. Yeah. Mm, yep. That's and what I was thinking of. I think maybe one other, but I'm not sure. 
Okay, but James Kiffey's been the one who's been doing things. So doing he's things. leading the team in assists with seven. So good. Um, Loved him. And he's a left back, and he scored the equalizer in the Fresno game. So he's a banger. Did you watch that goal? I did not. Absolutely. Oh, I will go watch it. Crazy. <laughs> he is scary. Um. So they are literally average on every uh, data metric that you <laughs> could find on the internet. So don't know what makes this team six in the West. Uh, their fullbacks get forward. They're consistent. And they're mentally tough, and mentally they have. No, they're, no, they're not. They're not. They, no, they're not consistent. <laughs> no. And they are spotty. And so they also have an attack. Zach's man, Jerome Kiesewetter. Yeah. Zach, Zach picked him as like someone that he'd like to see come to Sacramento yep. in a previous segment on the show. Now that we're going to MLS, I I He's don't know if there. my opinions have changed. Look out in the off season yeah. for more on that. Yeah. And my one player that I picked out as kind of um, interesting was their club captain and center back, Chiro Ntoku. Um, he's a Belgian who played two seasons in the Eredivisie and then six to seven seasons in the second division of Dutch um, soccer. And he passes really well. He has like a 91% pass success rate on the season. So um, watch for him passing out of the back and also see how he handles um, Awasa and Enna Volsten um, pressuring him. Um, those are my quick notes on El Paso. Zach, Scott has yeah. some more so, so that was kind of the El Paso side. We talked about El Paso a couple times before. You can go back and listen to those previews. Um, they're going to play a four-two-three-one type of, of game. It, it's been a bit more kind of three at the back, also at times, um, but mostly four-two-three-one, from what I can tell, at least. Um, Sacramento has played them twice lost twice mm-hmm. the first was a three to one loss in el paso yeah. that was i think back in may like late may or maybe even june um was that the trap game was that the one mm-hmm. that drew skundrick yeah. scored in yeah yeah, yeah. skundrick scored in that one kisavetter had a brace it was his third brace in a row yeah. reasons to throw that game out one uh awasa was not healthy mm. He was coming. He was his first start back from missing like two or three games, um, and I believe he was even subbed off like in the 70th minute or something like that. So, Awasa wasn't healthy, and Anna Volson wasn't there. So, uh, yeah, our our just team holistically, our, our two best attackers team. was Rafa Diaz in goal at that point. He was also, and it, it, <laughs> he didn't have the greatest game. Mm. Um, so that that would be the like another reason we didn't have are now starting goalie and Bobby Shuttleworth, who's made some pretty good... He's made the saves mm-hmm. to keep us in these games. Oh, I've, I've, I've loved him. Yeah. He's been great. I wouldn't say I've loved him. I like him. Anyway. Okay. Um, Fair enough. The Their third goal... Or, sorry. Second goal was off of a set piece, which we know Sacramento has conceded in set pieces. struggled there. Not these past Did two not, no. weeks, though. We haven't conceded off of set pieces. I was like, during that Reno game... Well, I was going back and forth, so there's a couple times there was like corners, and I was like, "Don't give up a goal, don't give up." It's the yeah. Like, oh. And they had a and lot. I think they had like point. nine corners. Yeah, they had. And they, I think eight. They had eight. Yeah, eight, something like that, and didn't give up a goal. Nope. Um, Good on you. The second game was the lightning and rain delay game. <laughs> the monsoon. And we did have intervals in that one. We did have a healthy Cameron Owasso. I don't think we had a healthy Mitchell Tainer though. And I don't think we had Deco Keenan either. So it was Chanson Poulos Mahoney. and Mahoney. 
Mahoney is the one that made the terrible defensive play back pass thing. Let's be easy on him, okay? <laughs> no. I like Matt Mahoney. <laughs> I like him. He's my that favorite. That resulted in the game losing goal. Yeah. If he doesn't make that boneheaded play, we get out of there with a 1-1 draw. I don't think anyone's upset. Yeah. We were fine. He also had a terrible back pass that nearly led to a goal in the first meeting that Jerome Kiesewetter nearly put away. It like glanced off the bottom outside of the left post. Hmm. Um, so Mahoney's not there. I think we have fewer mistakes. That being said, we've also had some defensive mistakes the past two games, but yeah. maybe this is the game that we put that away. Um, and just like we've talked about already, we're playing a slightly different type of defense. We're sitting a bit deeper. Yeah. We're allowing a bit more possession. So yep. I think we're just defensively a better team. Now to get to what I was talking about earlier uh. with the, the way to um, stop Phoenix, but also kind of El Paso, El Paso and Phoenix and LAFC, like we were talking about earlier, they play this style of possession game that wants to pull you out of position. El Paso of these three teams does it the least effective, but they are still good. The way to break that up is to not allow their midfielders time on the ball. It it means that you you can't allow them to get the ball and turn to whatever direction they want to turn to to play the pass. It usually is get the ball, turn, and play it to a winger or a fullback. So you have to direct them kind of centrally okay. toward your you know, where all your help is. Um, if you can do that, you break up their pre-planned patterns of play. It's a lot of P's. Um, you can break that up and it flow. It, it takes them out of their flow. Phoenix has been very good at that. They don't get out of their flow. El Paso can get out of their flow. That's why they're sixth. So if, if we, if our midfielders are able to do that, I think we have a a good chance at winning. I was just looking at the like the pre-match um, report from the the league, yeah. and it said that El Paso was a fifty-eight percent chance of winning. Sacramento was forty-two. That's fairly even considering they're at home, so they have that yeah. home field advantage. That could be that that eight percent that brings it over fifty-fifty. If we are able to break up their midfield their midfield possession and completing passes we're going to be very successful that's just kind of a general soccer term right? like oh hey if your midfielders aren't able to complete passes then you're probably going to lose you don't say yeah <laughs> but i think what i'm talking about more specifically is um it if we can get them to it's fine if they receive a pass but then don't let them be able to turn and make a pass specifically to the wings specifically to the wings because then, then that like that's why James Kiffey has so many assists. It's yeah. because he gets the ball on the wing, because he's gone forward so much and then is able to cross it in. Yeah. Um, so don't let them do that. Don't let them make that pass out to the wing. You could set up your team to trap that. Okay, make the pass out to the wing, then we'll trap that. But um, yeah, and I and I like our personnel to do that. Yeah. So that's kind of my like. How do we stop them? Don't let them do those things. Well. Sacramento has now played two games where we've had less possession. Reno or El Paso wants 
possession. Sacramento right now kind of doesn't need possession to be successful. That being said, we can be successful with possession. So it was like, we're, we're kind of set up to be successful with the ball or without the ball going into a hostile environment where we're probably not going to have a lot of the ball. I think Sacramento is probably 50 50 with El Paso to win this game. I, I don't think it's a huge advantage to one team either way. It comes down to match winners. And if we're saying that, you know, Sacramento has good match winners, well, so does El Paso. So it's basically going to come down to who's hot, who has the the better chance. Who wants it more? Right now, Anna Volton is playing well. Uh, oh, yeah. Sam Werner's playing well. Awas is playing well. Bijev, Alima, all of our Agrary. wingers are playing well. Our midfield has been playing They're like home. everybody's been playing well. Yeah. Yep. We're playing with house money. We're on the road. And we seem to be playing well tactfully now. Yeah. We've we- been talking all year about our personnel and how they're having individually good seasons. Now it seems all be coming together this last two games. Yeah. So I don't think it's super I don't I think it's pretty much fifty fifty. If this game is like tied one one I could see it going into extra time. Um, I could see it going to penalties. I think it's that it has that type of flavor to it where these teams are pretty evenly matched as a bit of a back and forth. Um, I could also see El Paso winning three zero. I could see Sacramento winning three zero. It just kind of depends on the game flow. So I think the key for Sacramento is the first key is you cannot concede early. Mm. This isn't the game that you're probably going to be able to get away with that. That's number one. Number two, um, you have to break up their their midfield completing passes. And then third, um, you cannot switch off defensively, whether that's early or late. At some point, they're going to, like the first two teams we played, they're going to pounce on a defensive error. So you can't give them those opportunities defensively. Anything else that you guys have for El Paso? We tried to get out there. We look, We seriously talked about it and looked into going to this game. Going to El Paso, Texas. Well, we, we just couldn't. I could not find tickets under $300. My daddy's jet is in the shop. So, <laughs> ah, so um, are the Nimbus 2000s. Yeah. So <laughs> that would suck. <laughs> um, so um, there was even like a conversation on, on Reddit like, oh, what's the best way to get out to El Paso in the sky? comments he was like i used to live in el paso and now i live in sacramento excuse me and i go back to visit family there's no easy way to get to el paso <laughs> like you either have to suck up the long 18 hour drive Heck no. or you pay the 400 dollars in a plane ticket like there's just no easy way it's probably a really small airport yeah. yeah yeah so anyway hopefully we are back next week previewing a match against phoenix yeah. and if we are else. back next week we have been not promised but we have kind of a, a pre-approval to do some post-training player interviews mm. um, at some point next week. So if we win, look out for that. Look out for that. If we win, look out for our next episode previewing a game, probably against Reno. Mm. No, um, Phoenix. Phoenix. Sorry, Reno. Phoenix. Yes, sorry. We beat them. We Reno's beat them. Done. Yeah, Reno they is done. done, baby. Um, so probably against Phoenix, and yeah. 
I left this game. Uh, oh god. I was, gonna, I was I'm so I'm sorry. I was going to just reach over and like put my hand on his mouth. It's time to go to bed. I'm just gonna unplug your microphone. <laughs> Nolan needs to go to sleep. You gotta wake time up early. Yep. All right. Well, that's the end of our show. As always, glory, glory, Sacramento. Sacramento.